Hi guys, I'm André Villas-Boas, listening to Echoes of Glory. And don't forget, whatever happens, the future is bright, the future is lily white. Come on, your spurs. Hello, and welcome to Echoes of Glory, season 12, episode 30. I'm ASD. And I'm Chris. Welcome back, Chris. Welcome back. It's been, it's a, been while. a while. It has. I can't remember. When was the last time? Oh, it's been a while. Not it's through. It's just been... You've had stuff on, isn't it? Yeah, just life, sadly. And like, we, we changed it, didn't we? We used to do it on a Monday, which is a bit easier for everyone because no one does stuff on a Monday. But, I mean, I started seeing a psychologist for, for stuff. So uh, we moved it to Sunday and people are sort of finishing off their weekends. So it's, it's totally selfish on my part for that. Um, yeah, but, but you could do that and that's fine. And there's enough of us where there's always at least two people who want who can chat on a Sunday. Although it. it is Monday, but there you go. That's another it, thing. It is Monday just because uh, my, my psychologist is on holiday. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Um, but we went to the game. So thank you for the ticket, first of all. Thank you very much. Um, it was my pleasure. It was lovely to go to the game with you. Yeah. And uh, I hope you enjoyed where we where I sit. I I love where you sit. It was a great view, sort of east lower towards the corner um amazing near the south stand near the south stand so you could just see that huge like wave of people and you said why it's bigger than Bournemouth's ground and it really yeah. just puts into perspective doesn't it just you just go geez like that it, it just puts you into a mind of what a massive humanity is and I I tell you what coming back I had a bit of a moment where you realise what what it's all about and you go going to a game and I know it sounds really obvious going to a game versus sort of observing a game is a completely different experience because when when you watch a game listen to a game when you're not there it's sort of it's you and the game and but when you go to it it's sort of you and the club you know and there's a different contract with what you're watching and I'd forgotten that because I hadn't been because money and kids and life and I don't know and it it was a really cathartic experience going. It helped. It was helpful that it won. We won, but just being with you, being meeting Patrick, who we've spoken about, meeting just all the people you see who will be there next season, who were there last season, where the stuff that happens on the twenty-third minute doesn't really matter, you know. And it it really made a difference of understanding what we go to see and what we support. You know, it helps the game was great, but it was a really levelling experience. And it reminded me of, sorry, I'm doing a lot of talking. It reminded me of this working from home versus going into work thing. And some people have the privilege of being able to work from home or, or to go work in office. I know some people have to work in on site, whatever. But the point is, like, when you work from home, people get all trapped in their head, don't they? It just becomes about you and the job. Everyone else becomes job titles. It becomes very binary and it reduces the humanity and the feeling. But when you go in, you sort of, you feel part of something. You sort of realise it's not all about you. There's a bigger thing than you. And that is what it felt like. Do you know, it's the first time I enjoyed the ground as well. I don't know what it was. I think being with you was a massive help because it wasn't just, I mean, I was with Giles. <laughs> one of the times I went before but do you know what I mean it's just it wasn't I wasn't there to be entertained by the ground to be sold to by the ground I was there to be with you which I love and to be part of the event which I really loved so I don't know thank you for enabling that but also it, it was a good softening leveling experience which I've, I wish which I want to share, I think. And that, that's the purpose of this podcast. That's why we set the podcast to share the match going experience, really. Thank you. Oh, no, you don't have to thank me. I really loved watching the game with you. And I think actually that's a really beautiful um, sort of description of uh, actually a, a, a sort of a way of sort of naming something that I think I think, but I've never been able to properly describe and that's why I get frustrated in various WhatsApp groups. I mean, you know, we all know those WhatsApp groups where people are constantly complaining about Spurs, right? And yeah. and I get it. And I particularly get it, as you say, if it's just you and the telly, right? It's you and the telly, you're sat at home. This is your two hours that you're taking off from whatever all the other things that you're doing, at you know, at your on your weekend. And, you know, and Spurs kind of play badly or like someone loses the ball or 
you know, and you could get really caught up in that. But actually, if you're there and I pre- completely appreciate it's a massive privilege to be there. Look, I get that. But if you're there, it's about much more than that. And it's not just like your relate, as you say, your personal relationship with the team kicking a football around. It's about the fact that, you know, you and I got to spend some time together, which we haven't done for ages. It's about the fact that there was a guy sat in front of us called Jeff. Shout out to Jeff. Jeff. Jeff will come up and come and talk to us sometime, who I've said hello to on several occasions this season, but never actually had a chat to. And he was in front of us this time and there was no one sat next to him and we just chatted to him. Really interesting guy. Turns out he and I knew loads of people in common. And, you know, we talked about politics, football, all sorts. It was great. You Like you say, you met Patrick and Gina, who I talk about all the time as they sit next to me, you know. Love the fact that the guy behind me who uses the C word almost repeatedly throughout the game was the only person who stood up and belted out the national anthem. Um, he told us off, didn't he? Have some <laughs> fucking respect. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and all of, and that's and that's what it's all. That is what going to the football is all about. And it's interesting that you that you bring that up because I've been going with my nephew the last couple of seasons, which I love. But again, it's a bit more transactional because I have to go and get him and get him home. So there's no staying around afterwards if someone's around for a drink or really meeting up with people that much because he wants to get some food. But I'm kind of playing a long game with him because you know what it's like. We, with young people you know I want to sort of have something that's me and him and so mm-hmm. I'm trying to build that with him um so I mean I think you're absolutely spot on it's made me it's, it's actually made me think of like made me think about that whatsapp group and the people in it um a bit differently because of course that's exactly right if you're interacting with it and it's more I guess it is more transactional and you're right about the working from home thing as, as well that's the other thing it's like it's that very personal individuated individual if that's a word it's a very personal individual experience that you have um like you say it becomes everyone with their job titles etc now I work at home but I work at home for myself when I need to go and see my clients I do it's very different to being in an organization and just being you and a laptop and various meetings in a big organisation. So, yeah, I think you're spot on and I like it. And I've got to, got to figure out how to break it to the people in the WhatsApp group that I'm probably not going to, to be fair. This mm. is why you're so frustrated all the time. You need to get yourself to a game. Yeah, yeah. You need to. It's a bit like when you argue with people over texts, like often you're talking about the same thing and you sort of you need to get it out. And you do if you just talk about it face to face, it always sorts itself out. The other thing about being at a game is the viewpoint. What we all sit in the different place and your view was very slightly different to mine because we're next to each other. But the person three rows back has a different viewpoint to me. And not only that, we're all looking at a different thing. Whereas if you're watching the TV, we're largely seeing the same thing. And our point of view is is anchored in that. But actually, our experience is slightly different within that as well. Which Because whenever I go with Jack, Jack is brilliant at seeing shapes and seeing how players interact with other players and what their functional job is. I don't really see that. My, my brain works a bit differently to him. He's brilliant at doing that. So And it's a wonderful thing to see. And it... Obviously, you can do that with a TV, but the TV you are being dictated to by the camera angle, right? Um, getting to film theories, we're getting into my degree now, but it's you are being forced to view the same thing as everyone else. But at ground, it's it's your point of view. And I mean, for the Harry goal, I didn't see Poro at all. <laughs> you know, for, we we just saw the ball come into Harry and him kick that ball over but there would have been other people who did who saw Porro making that run and that's a really lovely thing as well and you're right it just makes me think when I used to go every game the youth games to away games I used to go with Joe and Joe was my best is my I love Joe was like I loved seeing Joe that's what it was about it, the football was the thing it's so I, I was talking to you during the game wasn't I I'd go to ball game night in David's and Letchworth every other every other Thursday and there are times when me and Bernard are playing wherever we're playing. We don't even talk about anything, but we're just enjoying that time. We're just we're just enjoying that time. And that's that's what it was about. Anyway, I mean, yeah, it, it does nice help to get a win. And I saw, you know, I know how much you like talking about XG. I saw the XG or match the day later and ours was 0.78 or something. And those theirs was 0.33. 
that's the other thing. I think there were eight shots on target, eight, eight shots not on target, eight shots for us, seven for them. So it wasn't like the world's most exciting game. But the fact was, was that, as you say, we were there together. We didn't look like we were going to lose. Um, no. As Harry Kane said afterwards, you know, they'd been working on their out of ball possession, uh, their out of ball possession, that's right, um, positioning. Um, uh, and, you know, they were pleased with how it went. And as and as ever, it's like he's magnificent. You know, that ball he played over to Poro, it was just like flipping egg. It's oh, like that goodness. instinct to know where he was and to do that and then to get on the end of it. And then for that to be a goal where he's now the second highest scorer in the Premier League and all of those things. I think we I genuinely don't I think we've got we've almost taken him a bit too much for granted. Like we'll look back on this time and go, oh, my God, he was so good. He was so good. And uh, as I sort of I think I said to you, maybe this will finally be the year that were the Sp- that Spurs fans um, that we vote him player of the season. He's never won player of the season. He won young player of the season, but he's never won yeah. player of the season. It'd be interesting because they, they changed it, didn't they? Because it used to be just an online vote, but now there's it's more there's more members vote now or something, isn't it? I think it's more of a members vote. If it goes online, then Sun will win, right? That's the yeah. problem. Um, and it's worth saying that we we both noticed it on the I. It was crazy how many Korean fans. It was lovely to see. How many Korean fans there were? There were Korean fans everywhere, everywhere to the point where I th- I still think they should make a a bibimbap or a kimchi place in the um in the ground, you know. Bit yeah, but ni- that'd be nice. That'd be nice for us as well, right? Um, and he should have scored actually. To be fair, and that was down our end. But as we said, weirdly, and maybe you know, I suppose we've talked about this being it's all muscle memory. And if he spent all season being told not to shoot. I'm not surprised he took that extra touch because actually a son of old wouldn't have taken that extra touch. She would have taken it on and then just whipped it round. But it took an extra touch to try and go around the keeper and the keeper did a good job. But yeah, he was knackered. He looked knackered as well. He came off, didn't he? He was exhausted. I think he put in a real defensive shift as well. I think he, I, I think he played magnificently. He did. Yeah. And I'm pleased to see that the um, the club are working with, the police and with Crystal Palace to try and identify the people that racially abused him as he came off. Well, I don't and know if you've seen the video. It says alleged. I, there's nothing alleged about it. Like it, no, it's, it's not. There. But people you have to it. you have to say that until you've proven it. Otherwise, you're influencing yeah, the case or whatever. But yeah, I mean, but also it's like it's not going to change the game that much if he comes off if he doesn't come off on the side there. It's like at that time of the game, un- like understand what that might mean. And as a referee, if you need to stop the watch, just stop your watch for a bit longer and let him come off. It's like that, yeah. that that's their workplace. You shouldn't like, listen, yeah. and I'm not making excuses for racists, right? Of course, no. I'd rather they weren't racist. But in the meantime, why we think that's a risk, let's mitigate the risk. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Oh, it's a bit silly. Um I would need to start at the beginning. I think one of the things that was we talked about in pods, I mean, you wouldn't know you haven't been here, but one of the things. <laughs> <laughs> All right, with the shade. Yeah. Um, we just wanted a bit of effort and a bit of a plan. And I think Mace nailed it, really. I th- you had, Like we had, when when we saw the lineup, we were a bit confused as to what was going to go on. Turns out Porro was on the right wing. And Porro with, um, I was a bit worried of Porro, uh, Royale, and then, uh, Romero next to him, how that would all work because that hasn't worked recently. But it was it was fantastic. I think Zaha had a couple of moments, and geez, he's he's a brilliant footballer. But I thought Porro was brilliant. His attitude was fantastic, and he that boy is an athlete as well. And Royal, all the criticism he gets, he is a right back. I don't think he's a right wing back, and he was just doing his job. And it's just like yeah. we say: this, you put a player in the right job, terms do what they what they know how to do and suddenly they look like a good player again and you've got to give credit to Mason for that I know it's all credit to Mason for that I know credit to Mason but also as we were saying I don't want to see him in the job permanently because I think he's I think he's doing fine but 
you know, you put someone that inexperienced, he needs to go and like ply his trade somewhere because we'll have a run of bad games and then they'll sack him and then we'll be back in the same position again. So, and I'd rather we didn't sort of sully our work, you know, or kind of get him to continue to do his work here. I don't, I don't know. I don't mind, but don't mm. give him the job, please. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, company came out. He's just signed a five-year deal, isn't he? So he's he's at the same odds as Pochettino for us now. Although I'm five-year deal, though. I mean, isn't that just a way of making sure that we have to compensate them if we did go for him? It's a levyism. That's what we did to Bale. That's what we did to Modric. I've... Yeah, exactly. So you know, I don't. I wouldn't want that to put us off. From what I've read online, it just looks like we have to pay ten million for Nagelsmann. And then we'll go need to find a sporting director, which is, but it looks like they want Nagelsmann, which you're not a big fan of. Look, I don't know. I don't know him. <laughs> um, but I kind of feel like I read a really good piece. I think it was in The Athletic where it was just like you want somebody who's at a moment in their career where we're all where we're going to grow together. And I think he might, you know, having already been at Bayern Munich, he might already be a bit too big. And apart from anything else, what we really want is someone who's going to come in and unify us. And I don't just mean unify the squad. I mean, there's going to be a presence around the um, around the football club. So the staff feel that unity, like that that connection. And then that will kind of filter onto us as fans. And my worry about him is, and look, and it might be, I know I said this the other day and, and others were like, yeah, but it might be because there were big personalities or whatever. But it might be that he can't do that because he, you know, he fell out with a couple of people, with a couple of the players in, in Bayern Munich. And it's like, I can't be doing with someone again who's going to alienate any of the players. You know, you want somebody who's just literally going to bring everyone together and he, he might not be it. And I just worry that we're going to go and get like a big name, inverted commas again. And it's just going to be another disaster. A quote from him: Thirty is 30% of coaching is tactics, 70% is social competence. Every player is motivated by different things and needs to be addressed accordingly. At this level, the quality of the players at your disposal will, in, at disposal, will ensure that you play well within a good tactical setup if the psychological condition is right. Okay, so, well that sounds promising. Yeah, it it sounds a, more along the lines of what we need and what we want. Yeah. And he's very new and very, very. He's willing to experiment. I've I've been doing all the research, and there's loads of tactical stuff about what they do. But I, based on that quote, like I think it, he, I don't think he has a system that he is as rigidly stuck to as Conte has. I think we've really been burnt by that. So it'd be interesting to see what he does with us. Yeah, well, that, I mean that is much more promising. But from a sporting director perspective, um, isn't Ralph Rang? Doesn't he come in a package with Ralph Rangnick? That's that's what he wants, I think. Right. They've been starting to make notes, so we'll we'll have to see. Well, I just hope they get it done in good time, so we're not, you know, so players know where, who who's coming and stuff, you know, yeah. like we're because otherwise, how do you attract talent? And you yeah, certainly and if, don't want to be going out buying people while we've got no sort of football infrastructure in place. No, and if you're the person who has to try and convince Harry Kane, the best striker of the league scene maybe ever or definitely ever and you're going well we've got a great manager out there who has actively said he wants to go with us but we're waiting to get him cheap like that's that's not great negotiation tactics and maybe there's a spirit of intent to say look we we've got a great manager he's going to make you his basically number two on that you you'll be captain hugo's gone you will be captain harry kane of tottenham hotspur you will win that record with us sign a one we'll give you a one-year contract let us prove to you what we mean if someone comes in for you next summer, we'll let you go. So same same deal, but let us prove it to you. And he's going to have a look at the players that he wants to get rid of as he comes in because there's, he needs to get rid of loads of them. So look, maybe that's the thing that we need to do. Um, but I, I can't have it just going on till the summer. And maybe there's a, because the, the rumour is he has to pay, they have to pay 10 million to buy and to buy him out of whatever contract they're on. Maybe that finishes on like May 31st. And so we'll hear the announcement on June 1st or something like that. Like we did with Pochettino, but who knows? Don't who mind knows? that. No, but I mean, hasn't he left Bayern though? Yeah, he, but he's still technically employed by them. I think isn't there something weird? Like we did the same with Pochettino, um, where we they were still on our books 
I don't, I, I don't, you know, I, I don't understand. That was what was interesting about speaking to Jeff about because all this stuff which we don't know and we sort of we read read second or third hand. Jeff is in the game and hopefully we'll have him on. He can talk more about it. And it's obviously someone who just knows stuff who just yeah. says like this stuff is just difficult. <laughs> you no, know? then these are people we're talking about. It's not just like on FIFA where you make an offer and then it happens. Yeah. So who knows? Um, we pressed up. So we pressed high. Uh, like all of the, the, we can do all the analysis. The game was won because of one magnificent pass from Kane, a brilliant cross from Porro, a bit br- brilliant bit of athleticism, brilliant cross, and a great header. And for some reason, they just left him unmarked. They doubled up on him most of the other time. But that, that was yeah. it. That was the difference. Again, like we said last week, if we had Chad Lee and Pav up front instead of Son and Kane, it probably we'd still be playing now, and it'd be nil nil. You know. We do love a one nil against Crystal Palace though as well, so that was good. I think it was. I did. I did a little bit of research, and I think it was three nil last year. But you know, we're in a very different place to last yes, year. Yes, they did say it was. I think I heard on Match of the Day that in the last seven home games between Spurs and Palace, the aggregate score is sixteen one. That's right. That's right. That football's gone crazy today as well like we're recording it's half past eight on a monday night like the football's gone absolutely crazy this weekend but i mean everton everton had 27 goals before today they just scored five against <laughs> brighton which has been a massive help to us do you think everton are going to stay up i love everton there's a lot of people who don't but i feel like we're really similar to everton it's about doing it the right way great ground loud noisy neighbors were a bit being a bit more successful in in some periods and there's like i'd much rather see leicester and Leeds and forest go down to be honest oh my god you you you're exactly the same as that's exactly what i was thinking there's like a chat going on it's like who do you want to see go down and i'm like oh i haven't responded but i would leicester and Leeds for sure with uh apologies to my leicester supporting friends but i still can can't forgive rob robbie savage um, and also, Wait, what? like, what? getting Justin sent off in the ninety in the in the final. I, 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 Robbie Savage, such an interesting one, isn't he? I mean, as a Welshman, there's something in there I have to support. But was it? What did he have a Gucci tattoo? Was uh, that no, him? it's it's um Versace. Armani. It's the big Versace head. <laughs> He's got the big Versace head tattooed on him. So yeah, I won't forgive him. And then also like that stuff that they did when they were um in thailand where they were like racially abused as sex workers and then just jamie vardy in general and etc so yeah no to um leicester and obviously no to leeds for all the obvious reasons and the other one i don't you know i don't feel particularly strongly about Nottingham forest i feel sad for southampton because I, I think they're a good, I think they're a good foot, they're a good footballing side. They, you know, they've in the past. I mean, I don't know enough about them, but you know, the way that they've developed talent over the years has been incredible. And I just think it's sad to see them. But I think they're they're adrift at the bottom of the table. I can't imagine anything else is going to happen with them. But they are six points behind with three games to go. Yeah, there's not a chance they're coming back. Not a chance. They've got Brighton, um, Brighton, and then they've got Liverpool and Fulham. Like it's just not going to happen. I think West Ham are probably safe after beating Man United. Yeah, that's a bit of a shame. And David De Gea. I mean, I wish Jack was here because he always had it that Larice, that De Gea was better than Larice. But what uh, the, what is happening? It's a pre- um, it's pressure. It doesn't matter how good you are. Like sometimes. Your job can be full of stress and pressure and we've all done it where we've like made really weird mistakes that we wouldn't ordinarily do. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know. I yeah, mean, yeah. I'd be very interested to see how it all pans out, of course. Yeah. Has the championship ended now? Playoffs. Sunderland got into the playoffs, didn't they? So I think... It... Let me just see. So they've done their final games. I'm just trying we to should, figure that out. She does uh, I wish you prepared me for this. Um, Sorry. No, no, no. Twenty. Yeah, the, it's finished. So Burnley and Sheffield United are up. Then it's Luton, Middlesbrough, Coventry, and Sunderland in the playoffs. Luton. That's like feels Luton. like the nights. It feels like the eighties with Luton are going to be back in the Premier League. 
oh Middlesbrough, Coventry. It's that's my sticker albums from when I was in school. Luton, and that was no. the shout from Jeff, actually. That was the shout from Jeff about the next Spurs manager was Michael Carrick. Yeah, I think we'd all take it. But yeah, done a yeah. good job with Middlesbrough. And Cardiff yeah. escaped relegation because Reading had a six-point deduction. Cardiff would be down, but Reading, Blackpool and Wigan have gone down. Blackpool and Wigan were in the Premier League, it feels like, yesterday. Yeah. But yeah, Luton, Middlesbrough, wow, that does feel like the old sticker albums, doesn't it? And I feel a bit for Watford because, of course, that's their business model was going straight back up, coming straight back up again, but they haven't managed that at all. They are firmly mid-table between Swansea and Preston. Well, that'll be interesting to see who comes up. I lo- love the uh, the playoffs are excellent. I mean, like when you when you're not a fan of one of the teams, of course, because yeah. it's heartbreaking otherwise. Well, I mean, you could be Ted Burley, which we were talking about, weren't we? Who um, thought that Chelsea <laughs> just automatically would guarantee the place in the Champions League because they were Chelsea. <laughs> that is yeah. amazing. Well, that's kind of American sport, though, isn't it? It is. I mean, it, it's so weird. Thinking that there's just no jeopardy. You can be as awful, and the promotion basically is the players. Promotion relegation is players, not teams. I don't really get it. But uh, do you think there's any hope for Arsenal coming back? They're one point behind with what, and they and but City have got one game in hand. Arsenal got three games left. Brighton, Forest, Wolves. So they should win all three of those. They should win all three of them. Who have City got? two seconds City have got Everton well they've got Real Madrid Everton Real Madrid they've got Chelsea Brighton Brentford but they're not the easiest at running games no I mean I, I think there'll be another twist but hopefully they'll, City will just have too much for them that second next they play they play the second leg against Real Madrid which is a massive game for them then they go play Chelsea four days later that that is a big deal. That's a really yeah. big deal. Oh, it's good. Football's good. Yep. And look, I think it's. I, I love the fact that you said um, Everton have done us a favour. Like somehow we're gonna end up anywhere. You know. We're not going so, anywhere. So you've got the top four, obviously going the Champions League. Yeah. The FA Cup winners going the Europa League. Yep. So that's going to be either Manchester United or Man City. Yeah. So then there'll be one Europa League space down then to six. Yeah. The League Cup winners go in the Europa League. Wait there. If the winner of the Cup. I'm just trying to say, it's like, is Europa League going to go down to seven and Conference League go down to eight? Yeah, if the FA Cup winners finish the top four or... the Europa League qualifying spot is offered to next highest ranked Premier League team. So, yeah, you're right. Yeah, and the same for the League Cup, right? Yeah. So, Manchester City have already won that. It was them, wasn't it? Yeah. No, and then Man- United won that. Fine, but... Oh, United won it, did they? Yeah. It's in February, isn't it? So, yeah, Man United, I'm pretty sure Man United won it. Okay, so then what I mean, anyway, this is really boring for anyone listening. Basically, but, where are we going to finish? We're sixth at the moment. Villa at uh, Brighton have got two games in hand, with, and they're two points behind us, but they haven't got the easiest run of games. They've got Arsenal and Newcastle next. So they probably won't win either of those. Yeah. And they've got Southampton. And they've got City. So actually, three of their next games, they've got Villa and, and Southampton, the only two games which they could win. So, so Villa, they'll well, knock could- points out of each other. We could do Villa with Brighton and Villa being a draw, really. Yeah. So there's a chance we'll get Europa League, which is about where we should be. Brentford's a massive game then, isn't it? Yeah. Next and, Saturday. And you know what? I'm not a um, Saturday week. Yeah. Next. Yeah. The Royal next. Yeah. I'm not a. I'm not keen on like you know. Pe- you know, people ask you, oh, do you what? Are you one of the people that doesn't want us to get into the Europa League? And it's like I never want us to lose a game. So, you know, like I'm all right with the Europa League. If you if you use a squad properly, don't have to win the thing. That's fine. So yeah, I mean, I I the higher we finish, the better. Cause it's a few more quid as well. 
and you want to show ambition and you want to show ambition to whoever the players are that you're trying to court frankly that's it that's it i'm I, I'm not about pushing down the Europa League because we are the we are the, if we're too good for it then we should be winning it and we, we've never won it we've never come close to winning it so we're not too good for it and if it's too much of a ball like just play a second team literally play a second team I you know we've got enough players out on loan they'll be coming back we might not be able to get rid of to like there's nine of them we'll get a bunch of new players in just play a second team what we shouldn't do is play one of those half first team half second teams where they don't know how they play with each other don't do that just play one or two of the first starters if they need to get games in their legs, like the young kids. But just like play Richarlison every game. I don't like Richarlison playing as a second striker. I much prefer Son playing as a second striker with Kane going back to the game and then bringing Richarlison on. But that's a minor point, I guess. Um, no, I, I agree, actually. I agree. But I guess he uh, wanted to try something else, didn't he? So Yeah, and we won, so we... I'm, you know, not complaining. I thought Richard Richarlison again, frustrating game, but he 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 worked really hard, made great runs. He's a great, he's a workhorse. Uh, I think he does really well. Um, our other teams, the Tottenham women had a tough game against Man United, didn't win, but yeah, I mean, they're not relegated yet. No, we weren't expecting them. I think the game against Reading is going to be enormous for that, yeah. and so they've turned it into the very first. Um, very first ever double header. So if yeah. you've got tickets to the men's game against Brent against Brentford, you can stay in the ground and watch the women's game as well. And if you've got a ticket for the women's game, then your ticket you can buy it or you can buy a ticket for the women's game. Your ticket will be ac- ac- activated from three fifteen and you can go in. Now there are lots of sort of unanswered questions about what the you know what the implications are for the you know regular fans of the women's game. So like you know I'm going to want to go and sit with the people that I always sit with in the women's game which is they don't sit anywhere near me in the in the ground and we don't know how many people are going to stay so will I be able to get to um sit with them but I guess we'll see um but I can sort of see it as an idea it would have been good if they consulted the fans of the women's team but that's fine um that's something we can talk to them about but I do think it's a really good idea because we really we need the support so if you look now um we are on 14 points um and Reading are on 11. We both played the same amount of games and there's two games to go. So we're playing, we've got Reading and then we've got West Ham at the last game of the season. So actually, if we can get these three points at Reading, we're basically going to be safe. And then I think we're going to need a proper, going to need a proper old reset of the women's team as well. Because again, yeah. we've got, we've got the highest scoring English player um, in the ever in the WSL. English. So yep. she's not that. So Beth England isn't the highest scoring player in the WSL, but she's the highest scoring English woman in the WSL ever. And since she's come to us, she's scored something like eight goals in nine games. So she's been an absolute revelation. And again, is is a great striker. And mm. we need to figure out how we're going to build a team around her with her in it. Um, and actually, we've got there's some really good players on that team. Finished fifth next season, and there was like you know the best of the rest. And for some reason, we haven't sorted it out. So hopefully we can stay in the league and really sort of, you know, get a um, a permanent coach in place. Because, again, there's an interim over there as well. Um, right. Who's doing a good job? Vicky Jepson. Really great. I know Vicky a little bit. She's a really good woman. She really knows her football. Um, but, you know, she was Rianne's assistant. So, uh, you know, whether they keep her or not, uh, we, you know, whether they're going to go for like a bigger name, we mm. we need to make sure that we don't do the same over there again because we're definitely too good to be relegated. But you know, we yeah. remember that about that West Ham team and they got relegated. So the West Ham men's team that is. So hopefully three points against Reading, and then we can relax a bit when we're uh, away at West Ham. Yeah, yeah. I want to get. Re- I I know the rivalries aren't the same, but. Never want to get relegated by West Ham. Um, and the under 21s were relegated from Premier League 2, which isn't great. I mean, Sarah and Mora started for them. Um, and even though we won 1 0, just hasn't worked out. Um, there's a lot of the, I think it's under 18s. I think there's three or four of them who play for the under 21s. There's something not quite right in the setup at the moment. Yeah, except the 18s and the 17s mm. both won the trophies. Cups, yeah. yeah. 
Hopefully there's just a bit of a generation gap and then we'll start seeing them coming through again because there hasn't been anyone come through since Skip, really. And I think Brandon Austin was on the bench on the weekend, um, but I guess that's just because we don't have an alternative keeper choice. So it, it's, it, But that's how Kane came through, so maybe there's opportunities, but it's not going to happen anytime soon. Yeah. And it's a bit depressing. I mean, you know, like, well, if you're Spurs, your, your youth team shouldn't be getting relegated. No. No, 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 no. That's it. I mean, it's it's a very positive. It's very positive. I'm really sort of proud of Ryan Mason. It's it's a great PR thing for him. He's obviously a very smart young man, and there's I'm not sure whether he's just doing the basics well or whether there's something a bit special there. I don't think he should be permanent, but he's he's done what what he needed to do really, and I think that's a really positive thing. Got Villa in a week. Absolutely. And I look, I feel positive about the game yesterday because we went to it together and it was fun. It was fun. It was fun. <laughs> and also, for anyone who is listening, big shout out, ASD made brownies and brought one for me. And I can confirm it was delicious. Do you remember what I called him? Call him, don't fall in love with me brownies. Because That's the only it. time I, I give them to um, certain people of a certain age, they just fall in love with me. But I already, uh, but as I said, I already love you. you already. So what can I um, say? They are, they're genuinely very good. I mean, if um, they, I, I, I just nailed it. Just nailed it. Um, if Villa beat us three nil, they'll go level on with us on points, but they'll go above us on goal difference. We have a goal difference of seven. They have a goal difference of three. So if they beat us two, they'll go up to five. We'll go down to five. Yeah. So if they beat us three nil, they'll go above us. Massive game for us. Massive game. According to the Google, what's that Google, record like at uh, Villa Park? I kind of feel like doing this to me. Um, Aston, I'll have a look. It feels good. I they're such a boring team, aren't they? Villa, like they they've got. I can't think. All I think of is Gabby Bonglehor, and he's one of my least favourite players ever. Um, you know. Villa last year. Also Unai Emery, like I'd rather oh, beat him yeah. as well. So last year we beat him four nil. Some Villa won. We won two nil. That's right. Yeah. I mean we've got a good record away. Aston Villa, yeah, beaten three two in twenty twenty. Twenty sixteen, beaten two nil. Like it's a good, it's a good record. I kind of, that's why I've got, a, I've got an image, a feeling that we've done well against them. I remember we played them once on Boxing Day. So I remember I had to take Monica to the airport and Gareth Bale, I think, scored a hat trick. And then I remember a photograph of him sitting by his Christmas tree with three football with a football on to, on the top of it. That was the 4-0. That was that the one where he could have passed to Bale? He could have passed to Defoe, but didn't I'm not, I'm gonna have a look at it now. I don't know. All I remember is a Bale hat trick against Villa away on Boxing Day. Yeah, I'm seeing it now. He's he's just and Defoe scored as well. Yeah, I remember this. They're just we just had an electric electric team. Bale, Defoe, Lennon. Like imagine, just imagine. Yeah. That. Oh god. Yep. I want to find that picture of him by the tree now. Do you remember when he when he um called his kid Alberta Violet Bale? Yeah, AVB. AVB, and we all thought that was it. <laughs> we all thought that was it. Um, he he was a good. I get all. Or wistly eyed about Being nostalgic. nostalgic about those days. I I loved those days. I and it was because I was going with Joe, but there was just something a bit fun about those days. It was a bit freer. We had some great players. Always had some great players. Yeah, I found it. I've just put the link in for you. Twenty twelve, December twenty twelve. Eleven years ago. That's a long time ago. Isn't it? Um, isn't today the anniversary of? The when we beat Ajax, I'm pretty oh, sure. Oh yes, yes. I've been watching that again, and that. I love 8th that. Eighth of May, eighth of May. I love that. I actually got years. a message from my friend Philip this morning, who I went with, um, and he's in Europe, so an hour ahead, so it's quite early. That just said happy eighth of May. I love honestly. I can't even begin to tell you. It was, I just 
So I was there, right? You were. Um, when we we decided to go for lunch. Yeah. And we got into a cafe, um, or like sort of a cafe cum bar. We just wanted some food, and it was just like normal sort of like. There were some yeah. burgers and some whatever I don't know on yeah. there, but they wouldn't serve us anything. They would only serve us pasta with cheese. They said, "Sorry, the only thing we can do is pasta and cheese," because they were saving the food on the menu for the Ajax fans that had booked tables for later to watch the game. Then we got on the metro and we were surrounded by really tall blonde Ajax fans who were all singing "Donny Van der Beek, Van der Beek, Donny <laughs> Van der Beek." And I was just like, ah, we were having a bit of a laugh. And I was like, we're going to do it. And they were like laughing at me. We got to the ground and we were big. We were kettled by the police and people were chucking bottles. And you're like, oh, no, not this. But then actually we got in and it was fine. We were really high up. But then it didn't matter. It's like, okay, we're high up. It's the semi-final of the Champions League. Yeah. It was amazing. And yes, we were were despondent at halftime. But we were still there, you know. And stranger things had happened, but honestly, some people were absolutely fuming. I bumped into somebody who was like, oh, you know, I hope they've got, you know, and the same thing we're hearing now about the lack of investment is going to be the thing that that kind of scuppers us and all the rest of it. And then, you know, I spent the last 10 minutes of the game talking to the woman next to me about her dog grooming business. You know, she was just all like, think about what I, I can't remember what it was. She had this thing about like how you had to guess what she did, but she didn't have a qualification. I don't know what it was anyway. It was a yeah. dog grooming business. Um, and we were and we were just chatting, but also we were sort of chatting about sort of being proud that we brought it back to 2-2. Mm-hmm. And we could go home with our heads held high. And then if you remember, Vatongan had a header that hit the bar. Hit the bar. That's what and- led to the... More a goal, wasn't it? Or was that the corner before it all happened? Yeah, I think it was the corner, but I've, it basically it was just like, oh, I thought, you it. know, that right at the end of the game, you're like, oh, that's it, that was the chance. And then, and then, then we know what happened. But honestly, the thing, for, yeah, exactly. So, like, that big punt up from defence, Yorente win that, won that ball, that flick that on the inside Delhi. from Delhi, honestly, yeah. like how we saw it. And then, you know, however I feel about Lucas, you know, that left foot shot slipping past the goalkeeper. And honestly, the thing I also really remember is Harry Kane ran from the bench. And it was like, oh, Harry can run. Yeah. Even if it was a hobble. And honestly, it was incredible. And like the other thing that Philip nudged me and said, look at the Ajax players. And the whistle hadn't blown yet, actually. And they were just, they were lying on the ground all like six or seven of them and the whistle hadn't blown yet and honestly it was incredible and we stayed in the I the arena Amsterdam arena for I can't tell you how long like so I mean you, you probably saw it afterwards they were they all kind of they came out in their slides you know with a bottle of beer each and one by one they were pushing each other forward so the fans could sing their song to them that is brilliant it was honestly, it was incredible. And then obviously um, Maurizio came out and did his like sort of I'm not worthy kind of bowing thing and brought and I've got a video of that, which I bust out every now and again. Um, and yeah, and then we got on the <coughs> we managed to catch the last Metro just. Wow. Well, yeah. But the Metro was mayhem because it was just like loads of people singing watching Tottenham on a Wednesday night. I've yeah. got I've got, uh, I've got, a video of that as well. We managed to get on the last Metro and we got back to the hotel and it was like the gods were smiling on us because in the, like, it wasn't, it was just like a crappy little hotel, but it had a television in the foyer, you know, where there was like a little bar or whatever. And the second half of the game was just being replayed on Dutch television. Oh. So we just sat in the hotel. There were about five other Spurs fans there and watched the second half, which is what we wanted to watch. And that then we went to fantastic. bed, but we couldn't sleep. And so we were, messing, we were in a next door room. So Philip and I were messaging each other, but also watching Insta- all the Instagram lives of the players because the players were obviously also buzzing. Yeah. And they were, I don't know where they were, on a bus, in their hotel rooms, whatever, like doing Instagram lives. So, yeah, it was incredible. And then on the way back, because we were on a train, got a message from BBC Lunchtime News. Did I want to go on the news to talk about? 
it and I was like uh yes please <laughs> and so we happened to arrange it so when we were we had a bit of a couple of hours in Brussels because we were trying changing trains right so I stood in a square in Brussels um did it. propped my phone up <laughs> and uh and yeah I spoke to the BBC News and Whoa. I can't tell you how many people messaged me afterwards about that because it was it was pure visceral emotion. It was yeah. just me on the it was just me on the news going, I can't believe we're going to the Champions League final. <laughs> like sensibly in a square in Brussels. So yeah, it was um the magical memories in which football obviously make the football made a difference because we won. But yeah. think about all those other things around it, like me and Philip trying to get our food, That's it. interacting with the Ajax fans on the on the metro, talking to the woman about her dog grooming business, all of those things. That's it's what like, made it so magical. It's like a holiday, right? You go for the big things, you remember the little things. Um, and I think one of the things that makes that such a magnificent performance was like Ajax were the the champions elect they knocked out a very good Juventus side and the Real Madrid side like they went to Real Madrid and won four one I think like they battered Real Madrid in the Bernabeu and we went and did them in a great kit which really helps as well but I think it's what like remembering the team like Lloris, Trippier, Alderweireld, Batonga and Rose, Sissoko and Yama in the middle, Eriksen, Deli and Son behind Lucas Moura but then Wanyama comes off at half time for Lorente so we had Lorente up top which I think Ericsson must have dropped back into midfield with Wanyama, but it became incredibly attacking. And then on the 80th minute, Trippier and like they took off the fullbacks, Trippier and Rose, and brought on Ben Davis, who went three at the back, but then Lamella. So it was just solid attack. Um, there is on YouTube, if, there's the five live commentary of the whole match, which is well worth checking out because someone in the comments has time stamped all the goals. You can just go straight to the goals. Um, I love five live. It's maybe my one of my favorite things ever and just listening to that again is is fantastic because you just get to like you hear more you feel more but what what a game and Mora, like i won't remember much of anything else that he's done but that night he can never that interview gives afterwards where he's really emotional for doing it is quite lovely um I do, there's not much more to say, is there? It's... Exactly. So happy 8th of May, everyone. Happy 8th of May. Um, that's it. That's it. We've got Villa in a week. Talking a week, I guess. Hopefully, you'll be right. Are you around in a week, or will we find out in the week if you're around? I think, in we'll, a week? Find, I think we'll find out in the week. <laughs> oh, I'm going to the Women's FA Cup final, actually, so I, pro- I might not be back on time. Who's playing? Man United, Chelsea. Ooh. And in women's and I know it's hard, but in women's football, I want Chelsea to win hands down. Because Manchester United are deeply unpleasant. Their fans are unpleasant. Their fans are horrible. Aren't Their they? manager is really unpleasant. Oh really? It's like such bad vibes. Such. I sat behind him, um, about about three rows behind him in one game watching them, and honestly, the level of kind of aggression, poking of the fourth official practically just being in their face and his, his assistants were exactly the same didn't like don't like his wives at all yeah, love emma hayes as well exactly proper spurs spurs all right well thank you again for the ticket and thanks uh thanks for your time i love hanging out with you love lovely with to you. talk to you and hopefully i'll be there next sunday we shall see that'd be lovely kicks off at 2 30 so hopefully you can make it back but we'll see we shall see is it only we is should. it 2 30 that kicks off 2 30 kick through? off Oh, God, I should know that, shouldn't I? Yeah, I just looked it up. It says, okay. according to Google, that's what it says. Google, no. Yeah, yeah. Um, yes, thank you. And um, don't forget, whatever happens, the future's bright, the future's nearly white. Come on, you Spurs. I always thought there was very, very many people interested in football, and I always thought that football was a very important game, but I never realised until today just how important it is. Whether the Wonder Boys of White Hart Lane are or are not the team of the century can't possibly be more than a matter of opinion. Well, they're the finest team in Great Britain and one of the best in the world. We are about the glory of the game. We are about playing with style. We are Tottenham Hotspur. the ball, the billow of the net, the beating of the trap and the picking of the lock.
the swiftness of thought, the lightness of touch. We are Ginola, Greaves, Klinsman. We are the collective gasp, the intake of breath, the flick, the trick, the 30-yard free kick. We are Hoddle, Mabbott and King. We are the lob, the chip, the dummy and the volley. We are the hat trick, the scissor kick. We are Bill Nick. That is schoolboy's own stuff. We are the outside of the boot, the inside of the net, and those seconds that last forever. Van der Vaart to level it up. Raphael van der Vaart, 2-2. It's quite a game, isn't it always? We are Jennings, Defoe and Perryman. Glory past, glory future. What was, what is, what's next. We are Blancheflower, Ardelis and Bale. We are about winning with a flourish. We are about winning with style. We are about the glory of the game. Daring to try, daring to risk, daring to dream. To dare is to do. Oh, no.